Hello, this is Josh McCowan from Renault Winery Resort, and we have a very important announcement from Matt Sorensen about Learn and Grow, August 24th. Take it away, Matt. I'm Matt Sorensen from Directed IRA. I'm excited to be the keynote speaker at the Learn and Grow event for Accountable Equity on August 23rd and 24th. Got to book your tickets and get registered. I'm excited to be there and to meet you in person. Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Capital Hacking with Josh and Eric. This is the most important thing you can listen to today. On today's episode of Capital Hacking. If you have a decent credit score, you can leverage your credit in so many ways to buy properties without using any of your own capital. So I would say that. So number one, you have to understand the market, right? So where people go wrong at, Detroit is not a big flipping market. Now, have I have people done flips in Detroit? Of course, all the time. I have a dream. With great power comes great responsibility. I can do this all day. This is it. Don't get scared now. They may take our life, but they'll never take our freedom. She's your own story. I don't know where. That the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Welcome back to Capital Hacking. Wow. Okay, take a deep breath. I just got done meeting with the one and only Ashley Hamilton. She's famous because, you know why? Because her story's real. That's why she's famous. She's not famous because she was on the Kardashian show or not because she's friends with Tony Robbins, though I believe she will be eventually because she's so dynamic. But Ashley Wilson is the real deal. If you listen through the show, you'll find out that she and I, we do an audio mastermind where people are going to enter into a new mindset, explore new questions. They're just going to realize that the power to change your life is right now. You have it. Thank God for this young lady, Ashley Hamilton. She's already built a portfolio worth $3 million, and it started from being a waitress with her tax returns. Isn't that enough? That's enough of a hook to stick around for the whole episode, but it gets better. She is going to teach us in this episode the first few steps, the first four steps to becoming a millionaire from being a waitress, being a bartender, being a busboy like me. So. I love it. Everybody can get something out of this episode. And you're going to take away one other great thing, that wonderful people like Ashley are willing to give back and just give you a couple ideas to help you get started. She does a lot for free. She's going to give away her access, meaning she's going to share with you how you can follow up and learn from her. Then she has a few things where you have to pay a few dollars to learn from her, which can be really a smart idea to do that if you're listening, because sometimes if you pay a few hundred dollars, you take the instructions better. Other times you need to just watch and learn for free. But uh, Ashley hasn't paid me to give a commercial for Ashley, but I just am that enthralled with this person. Ashley Hamilton, she's famous online as the Detroit investor, started in 2009 and has grown from a $5,000 investment to a $3 million portfolio. Yes. As I said earlier, that's worth the price of admission and the price to stick around to the end where she gives something away. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. Enjoy Ashley Hamilton. Welcome back. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you, Ashley Hamilton. Welcome to the big show. Thank you so much for having me. Truly an honor. So Ashley, we are going to have the best time because I met you in person, could not stop having conversations with you at the dinner table because of the dynamic story, the dynamic personality and the incredible wisdom. So that being said, not everybody knows Ashley Hamilton yet. 
So would you mind sharing with us a little more about your backstory and what motivates you? Absolutely. Well, as Josh said, my name is Ashley Hamilton, born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. So I'm an individual who saw myself at 22 years old, a single mother of two kids. I was on welfare. I was working as a waitress at Red Lobster, making $2.65 an hour, less than $20,000 a year. And I just knew that it had to be something better out there, right? But just like 90% of the world, right, didn't have the resources, didn't have the access to financial literacy, but I just decided to buy a home, right? I wanted to eliminate my number one expense, which was my rent. But again, coming from where I came from, I didn't have the capital to buy a home. And I knew that the only time I would be able to do that was with my tax return, because that was the one time of year as you all know, like being middle class or extremely poor, that's the one time a year that most people get to touch more than a thousand dollars at once, right? So 2009, I got my tax return. It was just about $6,000. And I used that couple with about $500 in savings and purchased my first home in Detroit, Michigan. And that was in 2009. And fast forward to today, I own 33 properties, fully financially free, retired, and just living the life and building out multiple businesses. Isn't that awesome? Everybody take a deep breath. Do you not love Ashley Hamilton as much as we do? And, you know, we made a comment earlier, not everybody knows Ashley Hamilton, but that's not the whole story. Thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands have heard your story, which became famous in one of the top downloaded Bigger Pockets episode of all time, episode 331, single mother in real estate. So let's hear the backstory. Where does financial literacy come from? Like where did, how did it get into your life? Was it buying a home and then you stumbled into things like bigger pockets or how did it all begin? Right. So to be honest, it didn't begin anywhere. It wasn't even the finance that I was looking for. I was looking for more so freedom, but at the time, like I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I just wanted to be able to spend more time with my kids. Right. But as far as education, I did one semester in college, barely made it through high school. Unfortunately, my mom, she never owned a property, my dad. So that was not something that I had, which and it was more so, to be honest, um, I know we talk about a lot of, you know, literacy and education, but really it was my heart. What was in my heart, right? Doing right for my kids, breaking that cycle of poverty. And then my mind, right? That was it. So I didn't need the education from school or college or even other people. I just knew that, hey, my heart, I wanted to give back, right? I didn't want people to feel discriminated like I did when I looked for a property, I wanted my kids to have access to different things. And then my mind figured out what's something that everybody's going to need no matter what happens in the world. And that's housing, right? So that was really what it was. And I went to a seminar, a Rich Dad, Poor Dad seminar. And to be honest, I didn't even know mortgage. Any of the stuff he said, it sounded like he was talking a different language, right? Even though they were speaking English, but two things (laughs) stuck out to me in that entire process. And these two things that I implemented all the way back in 2008, has literally been with me every single day, right? So the two quotes was, take a few years of your life living how most people won't so you can spend the rest of your life living how most people don't, right? <laughs> and, and then the second one was from someone that I really look up to, Warren Buffett, be greedy when others are fearful and be fearful when others are greedy. So to gather my success, it will be from those two quotes. And 
soon as I left the seminar, I went home and as I'm going home, I just see foreclosure, HUD home, bank foreclosure, bank REO. And I'm like, wait, what is this? And then I cut on the radio and they're like, don't buy in Detroit. Detroit is a war zone. And I said, you know what? This is people being fearful and I need to figure out how to be greedy, right? And that's what I did. So I, I realized that homes in the area were selling for, you know, anywhere from 5000 to 20000 So I said, hey, listen, when will I have $5,000? Do I have to work? Do I have to work three jobs? And I realized, well, no, I just have to wait four months because Uncle <laughs> Sam is going to give me that big tax return that I was just waiting. I had already spent it, right? I was already going to buy furniture, take a vacation, buy a new car and stuff that I would never need. And I said, you know what? No, I'm not going to spend it on those things. I'm going to literally use that to buy a house and change my life and be greedy when others are fearful. (laughs) Jeez, I honestly don't know if there's anything more we can do other than share with the world that this episode has to be shared with those people in our lives that could really benefit from this. One, it's a story of a confident person, a confident, dynamic woman who just... I don't know. Somehow you had the power. You had a power in your heart and mind that you knew you could do something different than other people. Instead of what most people fear is anything different than what other people do. Like most people are nervous to even have an idea that contradicts what their parents did or what their friends are doing. But you just don't have that fear. You didn't have that fear then, did you? Absolutely not. So I think in all honesty, when you are coming from a place like myself, I didn't have fear because I didn't have a lot of people that I knew that was doing it and had lost their shirts. Right. Okay. So I, I feel like a lot of fear is embedded in us. Like when your uncle, oh, don't buy. I lost my shirt or 2008. I had 20 properties and I didn't do it. So because I didn't have anybody around me invested in real estate to tell me how the recession and in 2001 and all that stuff or in 2008, because I was really starting in the recession. So because I didn't have a lot of people telling me the bad things, it was kind of like I went in blindly. Right. And as problems happen, I just, okay, that's a problem. Take care of it. So I think that was another reason why I wasn't so fearful. But you're absolutely right. It does come from a place of confidence and just knowing that, hey, I control right? Whatever I want to do, if, you know, if I say I'm going to own 10 houses or if I own none, the only difference is, you know, me actually doing it and believing I can do it. Yeah. What a, I mean, that really is human capital as we talk about. I mean, you brought that to the table. You didn't bring a billion dollar bank account. You brought a willingness to work. And as I'm going to remind everybody, the two things that you learned that changed your life. One, live how others won't so that someday you can live as others can't or don't. Is that how it goes again? Can you say that one number one again? Yeah, absolutely. And then I wanted to elaborate because I talked about the being greedy, but I didn't talk about that. So thank you. But absolutely. So it's been a couple years of your life doing living how most people won't. So you can spend the rest of your life living how most people don't. Right. So what that meant for me is, OK, my first property, when a lot of us get our first home, we get a pre-approval from the bank. It's 300,000. We're looking at homes for 310,000. Right. <laughs> we want to max out because we we're envisioning this housewarming and all of our friends and family coming over. So I said, hey, I'm going to forego the big housewarming where I'm so proud of my house and I got this really big house that I can't afford and I'm going to move in a place that I'm not so happy with, right? (laughs) That don't have like granite countertops, but I won't, you know, my family will still come over because if I got food, you know, people will come. Exactly. But it won't be Instagrammable, you know, it won't be social media. But this is just the, the delayed gratification, right? I'm going to do this. So that's what I did. I lived, moved to my first home with no covers on the light switches. I didn't know they were like 40 cents. I, so <laughs> I, I literally didn't have any covers. When the painters took the covers off and they didn't put them back on, I moved in. 
it was August in Detroit. I didn't even have a furnace. I had to literally work to get the heat. So that it, my house was like not something that I would be proud of. And then the next year when I bought another house, my friends and family was like, why would she buy another house? Her house is so raggedy. And they didn't realize, but all of my rentals were better than my home. But I was putting blinders on to all the negative and, oh, she she has a house or she owns two houses and her house looked like crap. Because I always knew that I'm just going to do this temporary, right? I'm going to spend a couple years living how most people want, don't, right? Like they wouldn't move into a house that's not Instagrammable, right, these days. If you can't, if it's not on Instagram, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so I did that for five years. And then now, today, obviously, I live in a house that most people can't, right? Something that my family or friends in my network would never dream of because it's not affordable to them anymore. Yeah, so wow. that was the delayed gratification piece that I did. You can see, you can, guys can imagine the dinner table where I got to meet this powerhouse lady. And I was like, well, this has got to be a podcast for the world. And then then we started talking about how you've already been doing podcasts. <laughs> so I, I, mean, I want to dig in a little bit on Detroit. And then we'll teach us, teach us more. That was what year? 2008, correct? Yeah, when you uh, first... 2009, yep. I, okay. I, I went to the seminar in 2008, but I bought my first property in 2009. And the Detroit economy was pretty rough at that time. How's it doing now? And how are the houses that you bought? What happened to appreciation? What's it like now? For sure. So the thing about any market, you know, obviously, well, first of all, we have to talk about the mindset piece of people when you see something cheap, you automatically equate that with not valuable, right? So when you see, oh, you're buying a house for $6,000, you're thinking it's in the war zone, there's no windows, it's like really bad. But no, it was a tree-lined street. I had neighbors. I had a park on the middle of my, uh, at the end of my street. And I was right close to 8 Mile, which at that time was the famous movie by the rapper Eminem. So I was winning. Like, I'm close to 8 Mile at the park. So... You cannot just think that it's not valuable because it's so cheap, right? So it was great. I raised my family there, never had a break-in or anything like that. The only thing was it was slow appreciation because the city was in bankruptcy, right? So nobody wanted to live there. But rents were $800, which is, if you're, I bought a house literally for $1,900 and I rented it out for $800 a month. Swear to God. So let's give people some perspective. So you purchased it for 19. Did you fix it up first though, or was it ready to go? No, absolutely. So I, I spent $17,000 nice. on the rehab. And again, back then contractors were doing whole houses for me for 8,000. I, I really wish that was the case now, but anyway, yeah. So all invested 19,000 total, like 17 in rehab, 2000 on purchase, but I rented it out for $800 and I thought I'm not going to last long because these tenants are going to catch up. And instead of them paying me 800, they're just going to save two grand and buy the house. And it never happened. And to this day, that was in 2011. She still lives in that house. Wow. Good renter though. Great yeah, renter. absolutely. So that's another thing that's contributed to my success, just having long-term tenants and stuff like that. But so fast forward. So when I first started, I assumed that because I didn't know about real estate, that the homes were cheap. And I assumed that in 10 years, they would all be worth 100000 So my goal was to buy 10 properties, wait for 10 years. They'll all be worth 100000 sell them, make a million dollars. And I thought I would be rich, right? Because yeah. that's what we all thought, which is not the case. So that's what I had planned on. So once I did that in 2018, I had my portfolio analyzed because I was trying to get a loan and it was valued at about 
470,000 and I had 10 properties. Well, in 2019, I went ahead and had those evaluated again and I was at over $800,000. So that's where the appreciation was at. And just recently due to this COVID boom, my portfolio, granted I have added 22 more properties to it, but my portfolio now is worth 3 million. And the thing about it is, yeah, next month, if the interest rates go up and demand goes down, it can be even more because wow. these properties, again, I purchased them for five, 10, 25,000. And even though they're only worth 85 and 95,000, it's just still such a big boost. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is where the cliffhanger goes in the show, Ashley, because we're about to hear from my lovely wife, Melanie, who says hello to every episode. But when we come back, we're going to actually teach the strategy so that people can become the next Ashley Hamilton. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Melanie McCallan. Josh and I are just so grateful for the many investors who already joined us at Accountable Equity. Accountable Equity is so much more than a capital group. It's really a community of accredited investors that want to learn and grow together. I just want to personally invite you, if you want to find out more about this type of investment and see if it's right for you and your family, please visit us at accountableequity.com. You can fill out the contact form. We'll get right back to you and see if this is a great fit for you and your family. We'd love to meet you. We look forward to learning about you please visit us at accountableequity.com. Hey, this is Matt Sorensen, author of the Self-Directed IRA Handbook, CEO at Directed IRA. You're listening to the best podcast, the Cap Lacking Podcast. We're back. Okay, so Ashley, clearly what's great about you, I believe you're probably an awesome teacher as well as a doer. Have you moved your life and career into sharing how to do what you've done? Are you on social media? What are you doing now to teach others how to do what you've done? Absolutely. So because of the uh, being on podcasts and being reached out to a lot of people, I've started a consulting company. So I created an Instagram page called Detroit underscore investor. Nice. That's what I do. And that's where I share my day to day. But if you want coaching or anything through me, you will come through the consulting company and I offer one-on-one calls. I offer 30-day mentorships. I offer one-on-one mentorships. And I also offer like one-day workshop, one of which is called the Keys to Detroit. And that's where I outline exactly how to buy properties in Detroit with none of your own cash or credit and how to be successful at doing so. So absolutely, I do offer those things and you can find it on my Instagram, Detroit underscore investor or my website, AshleyHamiltonConsults.com. And since we're going to ask you to give us a little sampling now, would you mind? Give us a sampling. Let's pretend we're on that call. Ringy, 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 ring. I mean, you know, I'm holding my thumb up and my finger and I'm pretending we've called you. We've now, we've signed up for coaching. Can you just give us like a sense of, I'm the Ashley Hamilton from 12 years, 15 years ago. I literally am about to get my tax return. So I have no education yet, but I heard you on this big podcast and you're going to say to me, let's do what? Like, what is step one in helping a person get on this right track? Absolutely. So I'll go a little bit further, but number one is if you have decent credit, which I mean is 700 or above, that's step one and you wouldn't need the capital, right? 
if you have a decent credit score, you can leverage your credit in so many ways to buy properties without using any of your own capital. So I would say that. So number one, you have to understand the market, right? So where people go wrong at Detroit is not a big flipping market. Now, have I have people done flips in Detroit? Of course, all the time. But it's not a big market for flippers. So when you come into Detroit looking to flip and you realize like, oh, I'm not getting success, it's because it's not a big market for that. Detroit is truly a market for buy and hold real estate for cash flow, right? And as we all know, cash flow helps you quit your job, right? Mm -hmm. I can flip a house and make a million dollars this year, but guess what? January 1st, I have to go back to work or else in five years, that million dollars is going to go because I'm using it to support my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. When you have... 10,000 a month in cash flow, you don't have to work because you know that's guaranteed no matter what. Not to mention depreciation, equity pay down. So that's number one is understanding the market. And that's why I want to teach about what the market is. Because if you go in with something else you're, and you're not getting success, it's because you may think it's yourself, but it's the market. So that's number one. So if you're going to invest in Detroit, I would strongly suggest you use it to buy rental properties that you can rent out for cash flow. And the way you would do that, so right now, on average, when you hear this is going to be crazy, all in to purchase a property, renovate it, and put a tenant in there, you're going to spend about $80,000, okay. right? So with that said, though, an average three-bedroom with Section 8 goes for fourteen dollars to $1,600 a month. So just wow. with that math wow. alone... That's an incredible deal. Now, again, Detroit doesn't have really high expenses like some of the other markets, like California and things. So mm -hmm. we have property taxes, your insurance, and your property management, which are three built-in expenses. And on average, for I've analyzed hundreds of homes in Detroit, that is about $400 a month. Mm -hmm. So in our example, you're already cash flowing $1,200 a month. And then to support the note or the loan of $800, it's going to cost you another $250, $300. So okay. with that being said, if you're getting, let's say, $1,500 a month for that three bedroom, you're yep. spending $700 in expenses, you are cash flowing $800 yeah. a month, which I, from where I've been taught, everything I've been taught is that is your, if you're cash flowing $200 a month, you're winning. So if you needed four properties to cash flow $200 a month to make $800, you can do that with one property in Detroit, right? So now let's talk about how to get the capital. The easiest way to do it, especially if you're new, I think you should be house hacking. I think you mm -hmm. should try to buy a duplex in Detroit or a fourplex, which is going to cost you about double, about 160, right? 160,000. Since you're going to live there, you take advantage of the tax, the tax advantages, first time home buyer credits. And you can also take advantage of a tax grant, which is up to $10,000 of down payment assistance. Now that's a Detroit specific kind of incentive, I imagine, right? No, so it's all over, but sometimes you will bring money to the table because a 10000 is not enough. Right. Like if you're in California, you're buying a $700,000 house. Even if you got a $10,000 grant, it's not enough to help you with the down payment. But in Detroit, if you're buying something for one sixty, ten thousand $10,000 is going to help you significantly and sometimes even get you money back. So mm -hmm. that's just that strategy. Now, what I teach my clients is to create an LLC, to create a business, and to have a plan that you can at least generate about fifty to seventy-five thousand in that year, and then once you do that, you're able to get business credit, like in form of lines of credit and loans, and now you can take down one of these eighty thousand dollars properties without having to use your own capital because you're using the business credit, and then you're not using your own credit because business credit doesn't report to your credit, and that's what I teach in depth: resources, banks, scripts, everything like that. But Are that's you how serious? You yes. <laughs> that is worth gold. That is worth Absolutely. some serious gold. I don't want to 
throw off your mojo. But <laughs> I want to ask a question about that. Is that all right to interrupt you for a minute? Because yeah, I want to get you back to your, your vibe. Your mojo is awesome. But <laughs> on that business credit idea, let me take a step back. This is something I've actually explored over time. Back at the beginning, you said if your credit score is great, that's your personal social security-based credit score. You can then start the ball rolling. You're telling us that a year or two later, once you have income into an LLC called Ashley's LLC or Detroit Investor LLC, that let's assume it makes $50,000 of profit a year in that little LLC. You're saying that you can go get a line of credit. Now, what is one way to do that? Because that's hard to do, I thought. I thought that was hard to do. Tell me why that's not hard to do. Yeah, so to be honest, the line of credit, it's limited. So a lot of big banks don't do it. So that's probably number one. If you're calling Bank of America, forget about it, right? You're going to go to small mom and pops. But to be honest and just full disclosure, I'm talking about business credit cards, right? Okay, good. And it is just so sweet because as you all know, when you get a business credit card, you get 0% for a year yep. most of the time. So now if I go out and I, I've generated 50,000 in income in my LLC, and it doesn't have to be a year, it can be six months. And also wow. some of the credit cards use projected income, right? So what I'm saying is you need to have a business plan documented, proven that you can at least generate that 50,000 and try to do it. Then when you go and apply for these loans, okay, great. I've generated 50,000 in income. They will give you a, line, a credit card. Now you may get 20,000, 10,000, but guess what? Who says you can only go to one bank? So let's say you go to three banks, you get 25 each, that's 75,000. You have 75,000 over three credit cards for 0% interest. And then you want to do either a balance transfer so you can try to purchase the property and get the funds off of the cards to purchase the property. And then once you do that, you essentially got a loan for $75,000 at 0% for a year. So your goal is to purchase the property, fix it up, get it in the best condition as possible, burn it out, right? Cash out, refinance it. But since you bought it cash because it's credit and you were able to convert it to cash quickly, you're going to get a discount. So where the property, if you would have bought it on a mortgage, you would have spent 90,000. You're only spending 75 because you bought it cash, right? So now you're not going to spend 75,000 on the house unless it's worth at least 90,000 or 80 or, you know, more than that. So let's say you spend 75, it's worth 100, which is very reasonable. That's just 25,000. Now you go to a bank and say, hey, I own this property free and clear, right? I don't have any debt on it. The debt is on the business side. I want to cash out refi. They cash out refired at 75% of the 100,000. So what's that? 75K. You pay those credit cards off and you do it again, right? And that's one LLC, right? So how creative can we get in making money in different LLCs? And then each LLC you get, you can go out and do the same thing. So for example, and don't tell me you can't do it because I've done it. I've created seven streams of income all from real estate, right? <laughs> I already know. I want to ask you, because you just stopped for a minute and you did a great job there where you said, don't tell me you can't do it. So yes. for you and I, we're speaking through this medium of a podcast and we're speaking to great people. I actually know who's listening right now and hear who they are, Ashley. So, you know, our day job is we get to build and work in restaurant businesses, hotel businesses. And guess what? People like me were, I was a server, I was a bartender. I actually never bartender, but a waiter. <laughs> and there's a lot of those people that work with us. So let's speak to the Viva May people that work with you and I, with me and Melanie. And let me, I'll share this episode with them. I'll tell them all about how you're famous and what you are <laughs> and how you're going to give them a, a private lesson, which we're going to, this whole show is a private lesson, but could you help them for one more minute and speak straight to our team and say, you can do it. And just share with them what it was like for you when you 
my point is, this is exactly what I try to teach my team is that if you're getting a paycheck from us, that helps you get a mortgage. Mm -hmm. If you're doing your tax return, you might get a little cash. And then these business credit card ideas. Do you think our team who's listening to this now could actually do this themselves, Ashley? Absolutely, they can, because I did it right. And again, I was a, a server like full time. So I've been in the struggle. And to me, serving is better than working at Ford or GM or anything, because I remember times where like my light bill, I couldn't afford my light bill and they were going to shut it off. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to pick up two doubles and I make $400 in two days. Don't have to wait for my paycheck and pay the bills. So we like serving and wages, like you're winning. Right. And like you said, with the W2. So that's the freedom of it. And that's actually the serving job is what really helped me with my first property. Right. So you definitely can do it. But what I would just say is, Again, getting that credit together. So we all can do that. Now, that may take six months. Most people, I talked to some of the highest credit repair companies, they said the average of six months and $2,000 to fix your credit. So that's typically the hardest part. Now, again, if you are like, you know, working full time and stuff like that, all you have to do is have the know-how, take a couple of my trainings. But again, you can hire people to do this because when I talk about the other income, I do that for other people who think they can't do it. Yeah. And, and that's that what I, I actually really, really want you to give your contact information. We'll give it first now, and then we'll give it again at the end. But what is the way to reach out to you? What is the website? Yeah. So, the, well, to be honest, don't use websites anymore. Or well, what? yeah, I do. But Instagram Detroit underscore investor is the best. And the reason why is because even if you go on there now, I just walked through a property that I did for a client in New York. So every single day you're seeing me remanage seven properties. You're seeing me, you know, do this stuff. So that's why I say Instagram. And if you click the link in a bio, it's going to get you every product I have. You can book a one-on-one. I'm doing a group masterclass. It's going to be amazing starting October 3rd. So that's where everything is at. We got to invite you out to do one of these regionally. Do you ever do in-person events? Yes, I am. I'm starting to do that. So I just started speaking, obviously, and in traveling to these things. So I'll be more than happy to do that. As long as like I'm very funny and I like try to embarrass <laughs> myself really early on. That way it just takes the pressure off. Does, so I'm funny. I'm silly. I don't take myself serious, you know, like meaning where I don't feel like I'm just perfect or anything like that. I'm okay if I mess up. And that's how it is. So it's just truly the best experience. You know what? This is a really, I'm going to do my best when we meet with our teammates, because we have hundreds of teammates now and, and they're working hard. They're doing such beautiful work. We always say our work in hospitality, you know, this goes across every culture. The work of serving someone with kindness is a ministry, I always say. It's like it's a gift of yourself a little bit. If you can be nice at that table, if you can respect that person, all different backgrounds, of yes. course, if that's like loving on people. So we yes, do that. For sure. And for I, I swear, I don't speak about it enough. But if you are a server, you are truly you are a God given gift. Like you have the ability to go out and scale and make multiple businesses, because think about this. You have to, in five seconds, go up to a complete stranger, get them to like you and kind of anticipate their needs, right? Yep. That was one thing I used to have to do. So instead of having a client say, hey, I need a refill of water, I needed to anticipate when they needed the refill of water. So you can literally implement all those strategies that you're doing as a server into any business and you will thrive because you know that's what? Really what it is. <laughs> oh my gosh. And imagine, I mean, I'm thinking of our bartenders right now for a second, how great <laughs> the conversations are. And you know, what's cool is when someone starts on about being a real estate investor, it, it lights most people up, right? I imagine it gets you invited to parties these days because people are like, tell us about you investing in real estate, Mrs. Smart Lady. Now you're, <laughs> you're doing well. You have a big portfolio, but it, it opens the door. Once you just commit to learning, right, Ashley, all of a sudden, 
even if you haven't bought much yet, you can just immediately become an investor mentally. Absolutely. And then eventually it happens in real life. Absolutely. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yes. <laughs> I just, I love that. Appreciate, by the way, episode 25, Ashley, which is a long time ago, you're going to be episode like 240 or something. But yeah. episode 25 was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. And he oh. and I did the exact same conversation because he obviously was a server at 1.2 and tough. And <sighs> I said, don't you think everybody who's a server deserves to hear this <laughs> message, you know, so that they can build their own financial freedom? I mean, is everything you do about buying a real estate piece to be rich and buy a fancy boat? No, it's not about buying a fancy boat. It's about freedom. I heard you say that earlier, right, Ashley? Yes, absolutely. That's truly like, at this point, my time can't be bought, right? I, I truly have freedom and I care more about my time than any amount of money. So that's truly what it is. And that way we really like, not even to get to political, but in America right now, we need to spend as much time as possible with our kids, with our family, because these kids are growing up and they're doing awful things. And unfortunately, it's because the parents are so working so hard or one person household. And even if it's two people, the mom and the dad are working. And the more freedom we have by having passive income now, even if it's just an extra date, a movie date with your kids and just, you know, building that time with your family. I feel like that's really where America has kind of, you know, got out of the way with the kids are younger and younger, just, you know, going down wrong paths. So I really do think that even if it's just a side hustle or something that you can spend an extra day or two with your kids and actually get to know them. What are you looking at on online? You know, what are your friends like? That's really what's going to help society. So nice because these kids are going to be, you know, the leaders in society and <laughs> the way it's going now, it's not looking too good. So <laughs> You know, it's nice, so nice of you to always remember that, I mean, it's obvious that you are a loving mother and you have the child, you have your first is in college now, as of now, and your second is going into high school senior year right about now, right? Very successful mom. I'm sure you're perfect. Are you a perfect mom? Absolutely, I'm not. And you know what? It's so weird when you say perfect, though, because I definitely know I'm not perfect, right? I strive to learn all the time. But at the same time, I don't really say things unless I kind of know, you know, you know, I don't just go out just saying things that I don't really know about either. But there's definitely a ton of struggles. But for me, I always kept everything that I did with them in mind, you know, and that's what helped me a lot. And even though the thing about it is when you're the first, right? So when you're the first millionaire, when you're the first homeowner, when you're the first business owner, you can't go out and buy the Ferrari, right? Even if I made a million dollars, it's not because I don't have enough. It's because now I have to reach back. Right. I have to help my mom and bring her up or my family members or maybe I have to build college funds for my kids because they didn't have it. Right. So it's not. So when you're the first, that's another reason that people kind of get a little bit outrageous when they buy their first home. They're like, I'm quitting my job. Everything is good. But you have to delay that gratification, even if it's for one year, if you're the first. Now, if you have millionaire parents that you can fall back on, go out reckless, I, you know, do whatever. <laughs> Well, even even if that's the case, you know, we're all given a certain amount of opportunity. And, you know, and I think a person like you, what I meant when I was joking about being perfect is clearly none of us ever get to be perfect. We're, yeah. But, you know, the thing that I think is important for everyone listening who's going to hopefully take your advice and get started, maybe check out your Instagram page and follow you and really see that you there are methods here. As a matter of fact, you laid out, get your credit in the right direction, spend six months if you need to, or if it's already okay, there's ways to start using it too. Are you going to buy a property because you want to flip it? That's hard to do and the buildings better be going up in value. So that's called appreciation. Or are you going to buy something that you can rent 
because there's high demand for rent and you're going to make something called cash flow, which as you taught us a few moments ago is actually the secret because if the cash flow comes in week after month after month, then you can actually have freedom. It doesn't mean you're a billionaire. You can't buy a jet, but you can choose to change jobs into what your calling might be, which back to the fun story about us and working in hospitality. My calling is to love on these people that work with me and they're treated as guests. For me, my hope is that even the teammates on every level, even if they all got financially independent like you have, that they might still want to work with us because it's so uplifting to be good to people like that. But anyway, so that's all fun stuff. I think you've made it clear to us that human capital is where we should recognize we already have it. Wherever we're at in life, you were given some gifts, even if they were the tough knocks, meaning a tough situation alcoholic parents or some type of tough situation, take that and see how you can see it as a gift, meaning as an opportunity. Or the other alternative is you see it as a way to give up. I'd rather you not see it that way, you know, and I think that you're the best advocate. No wonder you're one of the most famous bigger pockets guests of all time <laughs> because you're, you're authentic. And here we are at the end. I want to make sure everybody hears how to reach out to you again. And I would love it if our teammates actually jump on a call with you. So can you give us one more time and then we'll ask if you have anything else you want to share with us, Ashley? Absolutely. And thank you so much for the kind words, Josh. I appreciate it. Yeah. So number one, if you're tech savvy, please, Instagram is is the best way. And it's Detroit underscore investor. You'll see, I actually have on a shirt as well. So easy to find. You can check out all my other podcasts, including this one. Once I get the link, it'll be there. And if not, you can always check out the website, www.ashleyhamiltonconsults.com. And that's going to be the products. But if you want to see somebody that's talking and practicing what they're preaching, go to Instagram because I do it all the time. (laughs) Really in, in all of you. And I hope we run into each other at the next event. And please, you're always welcome out here. Too far, a little hard to drive from Detroit to the East Coast, but not that hard. We could make it happen someday. We can, for sure. (laughs) It's a pleasure to know you. Thanks for spending the time with our audience. 